Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Higher Battle Podcast. My name is Peyton, and here we talk about Jesus and together walk through the highs and the lows of living a life for God. So today is part two of advice for non-believers, and we have four more special guests here to give advice to those of you who maybe have just begun their walk with Jesus. Maybe you've been on your walk with Jesus for quite a while, and um, these are just this is just some good information to know from. Um, some believers who are just really on fire for Jesus and really motivated in their walk with Jesus to share more about their journey and just ultimately to advance the gospel and share more about God and God's word. And so I hope you guys really enjoy this today. And it's been a blast to have other people here on the podcast. And And if you guys have been enjoying this, let me know, and I will most definitely have more people on here to join us. And today with us, we have Madison Mizzle, Joe Dalrymple, Macy Francis, and Nadine Krill. And I'll just go ahead, like last Wednesday, and tell you a little bit about each and every one of these individuals, just so you can kind of get a feel of who you're hearing, and um, just to make it a little more personal for you guys. So I will start out with Macy Francis, and she's a friend of mine here in my hometown, and she is a light, you guys. She owns a photography business. She is extremely talented. God has really um, gifted her with the ability to capture beautiful moments, and the special and amazing thing about her and her business is that she reflects Jesus and his love and his light in each and every photo and just everything she does. And um, she's very influential, I would say, and she is not afraid to share about her faith. And she's just so deeply in love with Jesus and just loves to radiate that love and share that with just anyone that comes in contact with her. It's very evident and it's just amazing to see how she uses her platform and her business. Then we have Madison Mizzle and I have the pleasure of knowing her through TikTok. She is so sweet, she is so deep, and she is just so fun to talk to. Her style is so unique and her style of sharing God's word is so unique and she just has a really big heart for people and you can see that in all the content she creates that's God honoring and it's just so cool to see how people engage with her and that um, people can learn things from her that maybe they wouldn't be able to learn from me or any of the other individuals on this podcast so it's just cool to see the way that she's shining and just the gifts that God is giving her and just her her passion for fashion and how she's going to use that to glorify God. And then we have Joe Dahl, as you'd see on Instagram, and I also came across his sermons on TikTok. He also has a very unique way of sharing the gospel, and what I really like about him, he's very intentional and he's very deliberate with calling out things that he sees in this world that is not God-honoring, which I admire because I think a lot of content creators and churches alike will tiptoe around different topics and things because they don't want to offend anyone and they don't, they want to seem cool and... Um, They don't want to turn anybody away, but the thing about Joe is he's going to tell you exactly what the Bible says, whether it's going to um, go against your opinion or if it's a hard topic to talk about, he's going to let you know what the Bible says about it. So I just think that's really cool. And then we have Nadine Krill, who I also met on TikTok. Just so many great friendships out of TikTok, you guys, but she is 
amazing. She's been a great friend to me. It's cool to see the way Nadine uses her platform. She also has a podcast that she hosts called 414, and she just truth comes out of her, you guys. And the thing about her, I think the theme about her and the theme of her preaching is a lot to do with love. And she's very, she's very purposeful about loving and reflecting Jesus's love in the way that she teaches. And she might call you out and she might tell you the truth that's in the Bible, but she is always backed with love and she's always going to accept you no matter your opinion and no matter what you believe in, which is really cool. But anyway, that that is the spiel about these lovely individuals. If you'd like to get to know them more, their Instagram handles will be in the description. But how this is going to work, like last week, I will read the questions and then they will just let us know what's on their heart and allow God to lead this conversation. So question one for you guys is what is your advice for new believers? My advice for new believers would definitely be to remember that choosing Jesus is a choice. It's not an emotion or a feeling because those are fleeting. It's a choice. It's a sacrifice. It's dying to yourself every single day and laying your life down um, for the purposes and progression of the kingdom. A lot of times I have to remind myself that it's not about me and what God can give me. Especially in my early walk with the Lord, I feel like I had to constantly remind myself that it's about Him, it's about His kingdom, it's about loving His people, and the fruit of all of that is what greatly benefits my heart. And so in the end, I feel like I gain so much, and um, I get to um, receive the fruits of the Spirit, but I have to remember that it's about others, it's about the Lord. It's about laying my life down for him. So as a new believer, I would just say fight for that. Don't fight for feelings because they're fleeting. But the fire and the passion and the zeal that is implanted in believers when we accept salvation and the gift of the cross is so powerful. So just remember that it's about him. But from that outward expression of choosing him every single day, there's an inward transformation as believers that we get to inherit. My biggest piece of advice for new believers, undoubtedly, would be to understand the gospel. Because I purely believe if you don't understand the gospel, then you can't really be a Christian. Because you need to know the sacrifice that Jesus made. You need to know that you were saved by his grace and by his love, purely. You did not deserve that kind of love or that kind of salvation. You couldn't have earned it, but he gave it to you. And if you don't immediately have that posture of understanding how undeserving you are, then I don't think that you can truly follow Jesus and love him without understanding how much love he had for you. It's unfathomable. Um, So my biggest advice for new believers would definitely be to understand the gospel immediately. My advice for new believers is to stay rooted in Christ and continue to put your trust in the Lord and continue to strive to follow him and to know him more every single day. My advice is definitely be wary of who you are surrounding yourself with. So that means definitely find a community of believers who are around your age, who can help keep you accountable in your faith walk, and who can, you know, create that safe space that you need to explore your faith. And then with that, also finding a mentor who's, you know, a few years older than you is definitely great. And definitely someone who is farther along in their faith walk than you are that can help lead you and shepherd you uh, where you need to go. All right, question two. 
how do you guys go about having a deeper relationship with God? Or maybe you just don't know where to start with that relationship. Where did you guys start? Or how should new believers start? I think in order to have a deeper relationship with God, you have to spend time with him. Whether that be reading God's word and praying. Um, or there's so many different ways that you can spend time with God. But the, I feel like the two main ones are reading God's word and, and talking to him, having conversations with him. Because you cannot have a relationship if you don't spend time with that person, you know. Um, you can also spend time with God through, you know, going to church, uh, listening to podcasts, watching sermons, uh, listening to worship music. There's so many different things. But like I said, I think the, the main ones is just having that intimate relationship with him is to pray, having conversations with him, and reading his word daily. And this is something that I have had to figure out with myself over the past few years because I did walk away from my relationship with God for a while. And I think the most effective thing for me has just been prayer. So I pray that God will just use me and use my heart to be in the yes position to all that he is calling me to do. So just pray that God would mold me to be obedient to him and his will and then just pray for the desire to get to know him more. You know, um, I believe it's Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen that says, if we seek him, we will find him. And that is what seeking him means, right? Becoming intimate with the Father. So for me, I, I spent years as a Christian, but I wasn't really following the Lord. I wasn't trying to deepen or strengthen my relationship. I was just going through the motions. So what I would say is to go to the fundamentals, read your bible that is more important than anything read your bible in john 1 1 it says you know the word was god and the word was with god and the word was god um and it's interesting because we're also called to abide in god and if the word is god then that means we are also called to abide in the word and what does it look like to abide in the word to get in it every day the pastors that are like oh you don't need to read your bible every day i think they're wrong i think you do need to be reading your bible every day and soaking in the word and meditating on it because you're not just reading your bible for yourself you're reading it to use it and then apply it and then beyond that to share it with others so the importance of having an understanding of scripture is crazy and if you look at when jesus was being tempted on the mountain you know he fought every attack from satan by saying it is written he fought satan with scripture we need to be fighting our battles with scripture. We need to understand what it says and be able to combat the enemy's attacks through scripture. So if you're asking how to have a deeper relationship with God, it starts with scripture. And then beyond that, you have to, must to understand that it's not just faith. He's not just some faraway being. He's right next to you and he wants a relation with you. If you look in Matthew 6, when it talks about prayer and fasting and works, it's like, don't do it because you want to be seen. Do it because you want to just do it for God and for Jesus only just for him and they, they talk about prayer they're like the priests they go out into the synagogues and pray in front of everybody they've received their reward in full but when you pray go behind closed doors and pray to your god who is unseen it's literally saying just make it between you and god because he's a relational god and he wants to know you and speaking of prayer that would be my next biggest thing have a consistent prayer life. If you look in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says to pray continually. Continually does not mean, oh, just when I need to. It means all of the time because that's not only asking and requesting, but it's literally building your relationship with the Lord. You're drawing closer to him in conversation. When I pray, I, I act like he's in the seat next to me in my car and I just start talking to him. And prayer and just 
really connecting that relationship. That's so, so important. But yes, dive into your Bible, dive into prayer, and just set aside time every day to be with the Lord. And beyond that, just make sure you have a circle around you that's gonna help you draw closer to the Lord. Pay attention to who you have around you and make sure they're, they're helping you grow and they're not making you decline. So those are my three tips, prayer, scripture, and checking your circle. Just choosing him, choosing him in every moment in the good and the bad, and knowing that seasons will come and go, but our faith is the steady rock and the firm foundation. And who Jesus is never changes. Even though life changes so much, I feel like we've all experienced that on so many different levels in 2020. Just the changes of life and the flows of life. And that's just normal, I think. But God never changes. And so I feel like depth is just found in a pursuit for the Lord. I feel like the same pursuit that God gives us. And the same death that Jesus died on the cross for us. I want to fight to have that pursuit for the Lord in return. And I want to fight to have that death of laying down my life for the purposes that he has for me. And that he has for this world and he has for his kingdom. And I think it's really, really important and really, really vital that as believers we remember to choose him in every single moment and we remember to give him our first fruits to give him our the first mornings that we moments of the morning that we wake up and to not choose things of this world when it would be so easy to do that I feel like if we become people who are so aware that God doesn't need us we need him and he's so worthy of our time and devotion that creates a mindset and I've always heard like it takes six weeks or something for your body to create a rhythm and um, a routine and I feel like if we set our earthly bodies in the routine of choosing to operate out of our spirit and choosing to choose the Lord in every single moment it just becomes easy not saying that there won't be hard times when everything else is calling for our attention and everything else wants us to choose that over the Lord but I feel like we have to create rhythms. We have to create space for the Lord to move. And what if we were people that went to God not expecting something, but just because he's worthy? What if we were people that went to the Lord without a grocery list, but just to come in his presence and say, Lord, I'm here and I love you and I give you all the glory and I don't expect anything in return. You're just worthy of my praise. I feel like that's what heaven will be like. And I feel like we're as believers, especially in this day and age, and as the remnant of God, we're called to be people who are operating in that place where we don't go to the Lord expecting to get something in return. We go to him because he's worthy. We go to him because he's the worthy one. And so I think that's so important as we're fighting for depth because we need to remember that God is endless and we will never know him fully. He is an endless well of life, of true life, of true joy, of true peace. And so it's a constant pursuit that he's so worthy of and that we as we as his people need to remember that he's worthy of our pursuit because he deemed us worthy of of his pursuit towards us as well so just coming back to that place i think is so important third question is how do you go about telling your friends and family that you've decided to start this walk with god and what if they're non-believers how do you approach that yeah the first thing you have to understand is you are not a savior you are not the one that's going to bring them to God. God is going to be the one that comes in and works and, and helps them rekindle that faith. You are purely there as a vessel. And God calls you to be the hands and feet. 
He looked into the Great Commission. He's like, go out and make disciples among all nations. It's our job. And I, I truly go back to the first question. If you do understand the gospel, you should want to tell people every second of every day about the Lord. But the thing about non-Christians is that, and I always say this, non-Christians don't necessarily always want to hear it from you. They don't always want to hear you talking about it. They don't want you to be like, be a Christian, be a Christian, come to church. Sometimes they're not receptive to speaking. So what you can do is let your actions be a reflection of who God is and of what being a Christian looks like. I say this, especially, it's a good example if you look in school. If you're a Christian at school, people are watching you. And if you're saying all the right stuff, you're talking about the Bible, you're posting about it on Instagram, on, on all your social media, you know, you always, you're always talking about church, but then you go out and you party and your actions are not a reflection of your words. They will see that and that will turn them off of Christianity more than anything. Because as a non-Christian, you want to look at a Christian and be like, I see a difference. I see that they're set apart. I see that they act differently. They have more joy. They show more love. I see the noticeable difference. And I want to make a change. But if they look at you and they're like, we do the exact same stuff. He's a Christian and I'm not a Christian. What's the point of changing? So I'd say that it's great to talk to talk. But walking out what scripture says and walking out what being a Christian is, is the biggest motivator for those to change. And you can take that firsthand from me because I come from a family of non-Christians. I'm the only Christian in my family. And what I do do is I let my actions be a reflection of God. But also I'm in prayer constantly for them. I'm not saying, God, change them now, change them now. But there should be a sense of urgency in that because we're not promised tomorrow. And right now, if they don't know the Lord, they're not going to have an eternity with him. So there should be a sense of urgency in the way you act. You should be having this urgency where you're like, Lord, in prayer every day, Lord, help them. Lord, come to them, work that miracle in their heart. Show them who you are. Reveal yourself to them. It's a constant prayer. But yes, be in prayer about it. And then let your actions reflect it. And if it's somebody that you're in a close place with, absolutely talk about scripture to them. Absolutely invite them to church. That is your job. You have to also understand that not everybody's going to be receptive to that. So you need to be coming from a place of love. You're not coming in there saying, it is my job to change you. I am better than you. You need to be where I am. If you're not coming from a place of love when you're evangelizing, then you shouldn't be evangelizing at all. That can be tough for some people to do. Um, it takes a lot of faith sometimes. But I think the best way to tell your friends and family that you believe in God is just to share a little bit about what God's done in your life and how he has, you know, transformed you. Maybe something, um, maybe a little bit of your testimony and how he's changed you from where you were to who you are and who you're going to be. Um, and I just think that's a great way to kind of just be relatable and help them to kind of see what God has done and you don't even have to force anything upon them or or any type of beliefs or anything like that. And just being able to be open and being vulnerable and being honest in yourself. I think that's the best way to do it. And honestly, just to pray before you do it as well. That way God can prepare you and, and kind of just uh, set your heart at ease a little bit. Um, but that's a great way to do it. Man, there is nothing better than just showing them through the way in which you live your life. Right, we know that um, John thirteen thirty five says that they'll know that you're my disciple by the way that you love one another, and so we just have to be bold in the way that we love one another, loving our neighbor, even if they're a non-believer, even if our theological views are different. You know, no matter what, everyone is a child of God, and we are to treat them as such. Which is hard, right? But we can also be difficult people. I think a lot of this is by actions. 
words are powerful and there's a time and a place, but I feel like if we become a people who live in love like Jesus did and following him as our example, because he walked the earth to be the perfect sacrifice and the perfect example of being so close to the father that you're sinless and blameless in his sight. And I feel like if we become a people by our actions that love one another in a way that changes them, I feel like that's the most powerful. You always hear actions speak louder than words. And I do believe in these days when it's so easy to be bitter, when it's so easy to choose anger, when it's so easy to kind of choose self-pity, if we were people that were selfless in our love and devotion to others, in our care, I feel like those actions would speak louder than words. But we also do need to remember that there are times and places when the Lord opens up doors for us to minister to people and to plant seeds of the gospel and to witness to them. And so I do believe that as believers, we should have like, you know, in our mind, we should have something ready. Like if someone was like, Hey, I don't know the gospel. What is the gospel? I always try to have a 30 second gospel in my mind. And to me, it's God loved his people so much. Sin entered and God sent the perfect sacrifice of Jesus to live a perfect and spotless life, to become the, the ultimate sacrifice, to die on the cross for your sins and for mine, and to open up, to tear the veil so we can choose him because he chose us on that cross that day. So we can choose him in return. And it's through that and by that that we have eternal life through him. It's the only way. That is the only way to the Father and that's the only way to the gates of heaven. And I remind people that the road to destruction, which is hell, is broad and many find it, but the, the road to heaven is narrow and few walk on it. And that's straight out of the Bible. And I believe in these days that our, our desire and our goal should be to populate heaven. That has always been my mindset. I'm like, that is the most important thing. If we can populate heaven, I feel like we, we will get to heaven and the Lord will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And those, oh, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Those are the only words that I ever want to hear. And so be having the privilege of witnessing to people who are non-believers as believers is something I think we should be prepared for. So that's why I'm always like, have the gospel in your pocket. Have that 30-second spiel that you can just witness to people and plant those seeds. And when you tell them that, they may not accept it in that moment. But I want to remind you that seeds will be planted and you will see the fruit of them one day. And I don't know if it's on this side of eternity or the other, but I truly believe when we plant seeds, we will see the fruit of them. But I also, going back, circling back to the actions, I think that those speak louder than words. Just loving people. Just saying, what can I be praying for you for? Everyone has a prayer request in these days. Everyone is hurting in some way or another. And so being that light and being that bridge from them to the Father as they do not know him yet is so important and I feel like we just need to remember that that we are his hands and his feet right now in the earth and it's never been more important to, to walk that out well so yeah just loving people it all comes back to that but I do think that being prepared to witness to them is so important as well and as believers I feel like we should always be prepared for that because you never know when God's going to place someone in your midst to speak to them and to witness to them and to speak life into them. And I think we all can agree that the world needs that more than ever. And so it's a really cool time as believers to be alive. I have found myself so much in 2020 being like, oh, Lord, why couldn't I have been born in like the 1950s? Or, you know, when 
we weren't going through a pandemic and everything wasn't so digital and I just feel like life was simpler then and but I'm so reminded like I was born for such a time as this I know everyone always says that but it's so true and we get to witness to the Lord in so many different ways which also brings up another thought like the power of social media I believe if Jesus walked the earth in 2020 I believe that he would use social media media to his advantage and I believe that there would have been some Instagram live stream of Lazarus being raised from the dead and I mean maybe I'm wrong but I feel like it's a tool that we can use to our advantage and Peyton is doing that so good so I feel like we can look to her as an example through and through but it is crazy the world's never been more connected but it also feels like it's never been more disconnected and so using those tools to our advantage to further the kingdom is also so important and definitely something to be thinking about the fourth question is what are your guys's biggest piece of advice or things that you've learned as you've walked with jesus and as you've lived out your faith definitely that it is not a linear journey right? Like we think, oh, once I invite Jesus into my life, like it'll all be smooth sailing from here. I'm not going to struggle anymore. And that's just not true. I mean, the struggle gets lighter because God is there holding our hand and holding our burden. Um, But it's a journey that is a growth journey. And, you know, sometimes you'll feel stuck, but you just have to keep going. My biggest piece of advice for people around my age, young adults, is that not everyone's acceptance is a blessing. You know whose acceptance is a blessing? That's Jesus. Because we are working to find our reward in heaven. We are working to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. His affirmation, his approval, his acceptance, that is what we live for. We don't live for the acceptance of the world. So my biggest advice is to not do that. Don't let the world hold your mirror. Don't let the world tell you your value because your value is found in who God says you are and he says you are perfect and wonderfully made. Don't take advice from people who are as broken as you are. Don't let your value be found in things of the world that are as imperfect as you. Find your value in the one consistency and perfection and that is God. I would just say that choosing him isn't the easy route. It's not, you know, you choose Jesus and everything gets easy and Christians have it so easy. I would say that's not true at all. I would say it's actually the harder route, going against the grain of the world. And I have lived for the world. I have lived for material things. I've lived for what this world can give me. And then I've made the biggest decision that I will ever, and the most important decision I will ever make, which is to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and to actually live for him. Not just to walk it out in moments and not just to go to church on Easter and Christmas, but to actually die to myself and die to my own desires and pick up my cross and pick up God's best for me and God's will and live a life that has me tucked in his will and hearing his voice because his sheep know his voice and it's not always easy and he doesn't take us to comfortable places and I would just say that's the biggest thing I've learned. I It kind of breaks my heart when there's a stigma that Christianity is the easy way out because it's actually the hard way. And he never promised us that it would be easy. But our treasures are in heaven. They are not on this earth. But it is a privilege to walk this earth and to bring heaven to earth. And so I would just remind people that it's not the easy route, but it will be the best thing that you ever do. But I want to remind you it is not 
Nowhere in scripture does it say that choosing Jesus and accepting salvation makes our lives easier. I think it makes it harder. I mean, persecution is a real thing. I feel like, not to be negative or anything, but I feel like persecution is coming on the church in greater waves in these days, which isn't a bad thing. The Bible doesn't, the Bible talks about that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I honestly, I believe we're living in moves of God that are powerful and beautiful and a privilege to walk in, but they're not easy, but it'll be worth it. Our treasures are in heaven. I think it talks about that in Mark. And so I just remembering that, that my treasure is not in heaven. I'm not living for this world. I'm living for eternity. And I choose eternity with Jesus over it all. And every single trial and every single struggle that we go through as believers in 2020 and beyond is going to be worth it. And we are living in holy days. And God chose us for a time such as this one. So just reminding yourself that is so important, I think. The biggest piece of advice or something that I've learned from Jesus is that um, just to trust him. I have such a hard time trusting him because I ultimately want to be in control all the time. I'm so selfish and I'm I'm so self-centered and I, I try to do things my way and they never turn out how they I want it to be um, because ultimately God has a bigger and better plan for us and he's the one that's going to direct our steps and I think it's really important to just trust him and rely on him even when it's uncomfortable or even when you don't understand or you're confused and you don't know what the outcome is going to be um, ultimately God is going to work it all out for his glory and for his plan so I think the main thing for that is just to trust him rely on him no matter what just put your wholehearted trust in him and he will take care of the rest. I promise you that. I know how hard it is to kind of rely on your own strength and, and want to do that and, and kind of just want to put all that on God. And you're like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. But just continue to trust God and let let him take care of it. Because that's his job. He's supposed to take care of his children. So um, just put it in his hands and just kind of vibe for the rest, for the rest of it. Because God's in control. And the last question is, how do you keep the fire, the drive, that passion to know Jesus more? And I honestly, I just think to just to spend time with him and uh, spend time with him consistently and on a daily basis. I feel like the more that you drift away from God, the more that you, you know, skip a day of reading the Bible or skip a day of praying or anything like that. Um, for me, especially, I feel more sad. I know I feel more of these worldly emotions because I'm not spending my time with God. I'm not um, staying uh, strong in my faith or, or staying strong in my relationship with Christ. And I think that um, that's really important um, to just spend time with the Lord and in order to keep that fire is to just continue to spend time with him, read, read his word and pray and, and just um, continue to just be with him and and uh, devote yourself to that because it is a discipline. It's something that you have to discipline yourself. And even when you don't feel like it, um, you just do it anyways, because you know that um, it's more important to follow God than to follow the world. And I think that's very important. And it's something that I struggle with, but I'm getting better as I try to uh, commit daily to follow Christ because it is a daily commitment. I think just falling in love with him falling in love with who he is, falling in love with what he did for you and treating it as a relationship, just like you treat anyone else. If you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a best friend or even family members, 
I don't think that you want that relationship to stay in the same place. I feel like as humans, it's our natural desire and instinct to fight for an evolving relationship. And I want you to look at your relationship with Jesus in that same way. I don't want you to be in the same place with him that you were yesterday. And I want you to be able to fight for him um, and to fight for that relationship with him. And so just remembering that, that it's a choice and it takes effort and it's not easy, but he's worth it. He's so worthy. And so my drive to know Jesus more just comes from the fact that I'm in love with him. And I'm in love with what he did for me. And I'm in love with the gospel. And it's the most important love that I have on this earth. And it's the most important love that I can seek out on this earth. And so keeping him as the forefront of everything. And I mean, I have an amazing boyfriend. And I have an amazing family. And I have amazing best friends. And I fight for those relationships daily. But I put, I fight for my relationship with Jesus first. And every single instance in every single circumstance if I'm not fighting for that relationship there I can't be the best version of myself to fight for my relationships my relationships with other people and so I feel like that true fire and drive is inevitable when you fall in love with the one who created you and when you fall in love with the one who died the most painful death for you and so as believers I just feel like it's inevitable to want growth in that And if you're going through seasons where it doesn't feel like you have that, I just want to remind you that seasons are seasons. And God's love and his presence and how just how much he loves you and how much he deems you worthy never changes. But we are human. And there will be times when you don't feel the same fire and the same drive that you felt in past seasons before. I remember when I got out of ministry school, that was a really real reality kind of just, um, my life changed so much. So I felt like my walk with the Lord kind of changed so much too, but I had to give myself grace from that because that's normal and that's life. And we need to always be prepared for that. So, um, just giving yourself grace because you know, God's giving you grace is really important too, but to never stop seeking him and never stop pursuing him. And I promise if you do that, it will be the best thing that you ever do. It's like I said earlier, if you truly understand the gospel and you truly understand that you would be dead if Jesus hadn't made the sacrifice that he did, that should motivate you every day. Because the wage of sin is death and we are all sinners born into sin. We would be dead. And we didn't even earn the salvation. He said, I love you so much that I'm gonna freely give it to you. People that aren't even born yet. Some people won't even know me. Some will never know me, but I, I died for them too. That kind of love drives me every day to help others understand that they were literally saved and all they have to do is put their trust and their love and their faith in him and they will get to spend an eternity with him. And for the non-believer that says, well, you know, what if it's not true? What if it's wrong? I don't think it's wrong, but if it is wrong, I wasted my life. What did I lose? But if you're wrong, you wasted your eternity. So I, I'd encourage you, be driven every day. It's not a challenge. It's not a task to read your Bible, to pray, to be a Christian. It is a blessing and it is a privilege because it's a privilege to even be here. So when you ask about fire, that is where the fire comes from. Definitely like what I said earlier about how I just need to pray that 
you know, I would have the desire to know him more and that he would just break me down to build me up into who he has called me to be. Um, and then, you know, just, I have to be cautious with what I'm consuming, right? Like you become, you are what you eat. And so am I feeding my soul? Am I in my Bible every day? Am I constantly in communication with the Father? Are my closest friends ones that will build up my relationship with Jesus? And I'm not saying you can't be friends with unbelievers. We are called to invite everyone to our table and to be fishers of men. However, we do have to be cautious of who we are letting to see the most intimate parts of our life. And, you know, we have to use good discernment and wisdom with that. And that includes, you know, what I'm listening to on my drive to work and what I am liking on my social feeds, what am I, you know, paying attention to in the news? Is it filling my soul or is it leading me into sin? Thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. This has been such a fun series and so, so special to hear each and every one of these individuals' opinions about this. And and they speak so much truth and they speak so much from their heart. And you can really tell that Jesus has changed their heart and that they're walking with God and that they're not turning back. And it's just amazing to see that there are overlapping topics that we've discussed here, but at the same time, each and every one of them have such a unique walk and journey with Jesus, and their number one goals is to let other people know Jesus, to make heaven crowded, and to make Jesus known, so I love that, but yeah, I'm so happy that you guys could join me, um, that you guys could listen to this, and I will see, I mean, I will be with all of you beautiful people next Wednesday. Bye.